0: Hello and welcome to the 84th episode of the iRace Gamble podcast. We're back, finally. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum, and I'm joined again by Josh Simon.
1: Crum, I was trying to think of a good joke here around uh, Magic Mike and then making up a joke about having a typo on my sheet, uh, um, but I didn't quite get there in time. So, uh, yeah, we're going to the Magic Mile this weekend, hopefully in New Hampshire. Uh burying the end of the podcast a little bit, but there's a good chance we're gonna be well, oh, I'm gonna be listening to a race on the radio on Monday.
0: Yeah. Um maybe Magic Mike would look good in uh the weather we have Sunday. Would be a way to Probably,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's that's a a good rough draft. Somebody go finish it. Um, I've never
1: seen the uh Movie, but I believe they do sing Raining Men." They do in that yeah. movie at one point.
0: So, seen the first two. I haven't seen the third one. Kind of heard it's not as good, but maybe I should just go on that ride,
2: like the pony, like ride that pony, something like that. Genuine song. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do.
1: <laughs> That's like the big song from the first one, right? I think so.
0: But anyways, let's move on to racing stuff and not reference Magic Mike anymore. Um you can follow, we have been posting stuff still on uh on our Twitter handle at iRaceWeGamble. So we do have drafts still. We do post them over there. So you can still get your fan duel advice on Twitter even if we don't have time for a podcast that week. Uh and then I figured since threads came out and it's basically a version of Twitter that exists from instagram uh, I, i'd created an irace we gamble thing on there but i screwed it up once i think and then i tried to do it again but i had to put a period so it's irace.wegamble uh if you want to follow us on threads instagram i'm not really making a priority i'm mostly just retweeting stuff over there um, or reposting it i don't know how it works but just in case it overtakes twitter in the long run wanted to jump on there and just at least have something ready so follow us everywhere Email us. Yeah, you, uh, you will not
1: be hearing from me on threads um, <laughs> because everything that I have heard and read about it
3: is that it's completely awful. And yep. the timeline's all messed up and you don't see anything from people that you follow. So,
1: and I don't feel like putting my Instagram account in jeopardy if it,
4: yeah. it
0: completely flops.
2: Understood. That's why I did it with... a totally
0: new Instagram account specifically for the show. (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to make this so I can just repost stuff I see Bob tweet. That's basically all I did. Um, Or not tweet. You know know what I'm saying. Um, But if they fix it in the future and then it becomes a thing that more people migrate to over
2: time, if they fix things, whatever. We have a presence there if needed. Probably won't need it. All right. so we we were gone for
0: about a month, a little more. Uh, so there's quite a few races that we're going to just touch on as we catch up to New Hampshire, as Josh mentioned. Um, oh, I did want to touch on the playoff picture a little bit, Josh, just kind of get a, you know, sort of read of what it looks like right now, what we might expect to see um, when we get to the playoffs. So think on that if you want, as I'm going through some of the recap stuff. Um, but hope, hope we can maybe think about who we expect to see in the playoffs. Um, but I great start to this recap starts at gateway where kyle bush won um i had my kyle kush shirt from you know three chi.com he was driving the three chi car got that win uh that was really cool um there was a lot of other stuff that happened there was like a whole austin Cindric versus austin dylan thing where austin dylan was trying to say the two wrecked him on purpose just like Chase Elliott wrecked Denny Hamlin on purpose and got that one race penalty. Um, he was trying to say he should get a penalty, but it wasn't quite as clear. I don't know. There's a bunch of weird stuff going around. Um, but, yeah, I don't remember much from that race other than Kyle Busch winning and me making money on it. So that was a good weekend for me. Uh, if you wanted a really good FanDuel lineup, you had to be uh, above 300 somewhere, um, at least 280 to get maybe your money back. Um, so yeah, that's about where the lineups fell. And um Josh, were were you excited to see Kyle Bush get back in victory lane or were you kinda over it?
1: I mean, I could care less about Kyle Bush if I'm being perfectly honest. And just a happy little recaps with you having a Kyle Bush win in here and me having a Rosh Chastain win in.
2: That is true. Um, it it's been a good summer stretch of the season for both of us, I think. Um, and Calvert
0: has been weirdly really consistent. Ross was kind of fading, it seemed like, but really came on at uh, Nashville, where he ended up winning. So, what did you think of him locking up another win? I mean, kind of his third win, third career win. You've seen a couple of them now. What do you think?
3: Oh, I like the fact that he's doing it on different style tracks. Um, honestly, the you know the Nashville
1: race was just a really really good race. Like. No, we're kind of skipping over Sonoma a little bit here, but, um, you know, I have have no real issues with either Denny or Martin Truex. But to watch Ross with a clearly better car drive up and get past the two of them and then drive away from them and get that win. I know he touched on it a little bit, um, but that was just awesome to see and clean passing, clean racing, just having the better car, the better line and just getting it done. Um was really nice to see. I think it I think it solidifies him as one of the one of the big up and coming names in the sport. I think we're going to be talking about him for years and years to come.
3: And he's still what did he just turn 30?
2: Um that's a good question. I don't know his age.
3: I think he,
1: yeah, he just turned, thir- just turned 30 in December.
2: Oh,
3: all right.
1: So, you know, looking at how late these drivers are continuing to race now,
3: we could be talking about him for the next 15 years. Yeah, that would be the goal, I think.
2: But, yeah, I, I totally agree with your sentiment there. Like, it's it was a really big win for him. I think he – like, it's really nice when
0: – you, you can see a driver take advantage of what they have like he had a great car and he used it perfectly was able to make really good passes clean passes as you mentioned especially on guys that he's had disagreements with in the past kind of like it was kind of cementing like hey i'm putting this stuff behind me you may have thought that i would slow down when i calmed down but this is proof right here that i'm not slower when i'm not running into people like that's that was Perfect break for him to kind of say, all right, everybody can back off. Like, I got I punched out now. Everybody shut up. <laughs>
1: That's how know, And uh, props to the NBC broadcast for getting that wide-angle camera out so that you could actually see the melon hit the ground and explode.
0: Oh, it was per- perfect melon uh, camera placement. It was great. So, really enjoyed that. I do agree. NBC broadcast is definitely a step up uh just better overall booth oh just across the board really um yes and the key word in that is booth
1: (laughs) i I, I get it i I get it that they like to be right down at the track but you can't hear a goddamn word they're saying until they get to the booth have them down at the on the track for all the pre-race stuff You want to give them five laps down there, give them five laps down there. But the minute you take your first commercial break, get their ass up to the booth so we can hear what the hell they're saying.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, I do
1: think they realized that in their second broadcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think they're, whatever mixing they were doing in the first broadcast was awful because you could not hear them if the cars were near them. And they were near them a lot because they were at Nashville, not Talladega. So, yep. It didn't work too well for them, but they they started figuring it out uh, on the broadcast. Um, Fox's last broadcast was at Sonoma, and uh, like you mentioned, that race was a lot more boring. 19 pretty much dominated. A couple people, including Kyle Busch, benefited from some just lucky pit strategy. They happened to pit at the right time based on when the caution came out, since there were no stage cautions. So, um, got to see him kind of run up front and manage a top five. Uh, but behind the 19, it was like the 11, The 45 wasn't really as good as I expected. Reddick didn't really do much for a road course guy. Um, seems like Truex really has a big advantage over him at um, Sonoma, at least. And then uh, the second best kind of pair of drivers were the five of Larson and the nine of Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott looked like he was kind of getting back in the groove in this race. Um, and then Kyle Larson's continued to run well at most tracks, basically. Um, But Turex dominated, um, and he actually won me some money as well. So Gateway and Cinema were both really good for me at at that point in the season. Over the past, like, 10 weeks that I've been tracking the bets, I was up, like, 71 and a half units. So felt really good about that week. Um, But I will say, I'll I'll give the spoiler, the the next three weeks were not as good. I did not win. So after 13 weeks, I'm at uh, plus 49. So definitely dipped down, but still in the positive. So that's nice. Um but yeah, that was Sonoma. We talked about Nashville. Chicago Street Race. I Josh, I know uh I, I kind of want to get your view because you saw it from the the broadcast perspective. I was there, but it was very strange and, and not maybe the best race watching experience, put it that way. So tell me what you thought of that race, because I think you enjoyed it.
1: Oh, it was great race watching from on my couch. Um <sighs> i i have i really loved it um i think the the thing that was cool was they had they used a lot of drone chase cameras in it, and to watch them come around to turn at forty five degrees at forty five miles an hour and open it back up to almost a hundred and forty with the drone chasing them and the Chicago skyline right in front of them were just some awesome awesome shots. Um, and then it was just really good racing. Um, yeah, I was
0: how good the racing was. To be honest,
1: I don't know if you've gone back and seen um, any of the SVG versus Haley there after the final restart. It almost gave me a little bit of F one vibe.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
1: if that makes sense, with each of them coming off the line to maintain speed, getting a pass, but then paying for it in the next corner as the other person held their original line and then made the pass again, and SVG just drove away from everybody. The fact that on a track that, that tight and that slow and that new to everybody, the fact that he was able to be putting laps up one second faster than the next fastest car on the track with him was just absolutely magnificent to watch. And, uh, you know, props to him. Well, I think I saw it was the first time since 1968 that somebody won in their series debut.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. It's, it sounds right. I'm gonna look that up, but basically, yeah, first time in modern era. I think is what exactly. Yeah,
3: and while you while you look that up to try to confirm it, um,
1: good on Trackhouse too. And the broadcast did a really good job about actually kind of explaining what they're doing with the Project 91 this year, and having the essentially designated races to have that third team in there, and kind of the whole idea behind it of showcasing other drivers at the top of their sport from throughout from around the world in the NASCAR Cup Series. I think it's just a, a really, really cool way to not only raise awareness of NASCAR internationally, but to raise awareness of all these international race circuits who have absolutely elite-level drivers racing in them and to get that crossover and cross exposure for everything is really, it's really cool, honestly. Um, so props to track house getting those back-to-back wins from Nashville and the Chicago street circuit. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I really, really am enjoying everything that this project 91 is about and looking forward to seeing who they have in that car for the next race.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's how we saw Kimi Raikkonen last year at Watkins Glen was through Project 91. So um, very cool that that's paying dividends. And I think a lot of people have made the point that now that someone has won in that car, it kind of gives people on the outside more interest in doing it. Because if you're a race car driver, are you really going to do a one-off race where you feel like you can't even win? Maybe not. Maybe you're too competitive. Like a Lewis Hamilton, does he want to come to NASCAR and finish 15th? Maybe not, but if he thinks he could win, maybe he'd be willing to try it. Maybe when he's retired from F1 or something like that. I think that would be cool.
3: Yeah.
1: If I just first F1 driver that you can think of that would absolutely get behind the wheel of a NASCAR drive, uh, NASCAR
3: uh, hot rod On, on three, say it. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three.
4: Ricardo,
2: Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which is funny because he's
0: actually in the news right now in F1 because he was just recently promoted to drive the Alpha Tauri uh, at the next race. So um, we're not talking F1 in this pod because it would be too much to recap and too much to look forward to. Um, but yeah, uh, Nick Reeds is out. He hasn't performed well. So now it's going to be Yuki Sonoda and Daniel Ricardo at Alpha Tauri. But
1: when his F1 right, on. I
0: can give you the
1: I can give you the F one recap real quick. Okay. Max Verstappen.
0: Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it and won. All <laughs> <About> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's been dominating. So he's probably minus money to win every race at this point. I did take him at like not a great I think it was like uh, I put like a twenty five dollar bet to win thirty seven bucks uh, on Verstappen to win the championship
2: like a few months ago. So that should be good. (laughs) Yeah, I would (laughs) think so. It's like minus 150, but I didn't care. (laughs) Um, But yeah, to get back to your stat, uh, 1963, Johnny Rutherford at Daytona was the uh, last driver to do. 63. All right. So I was off five years. Yeah. You're in the right decade. But yeah, um, my view is obviously a little different. Uh, I was
0: there in Chicago, and uh, Saturday was probably way cooler for me than Sunday, because Saturday I had the experience of basically riding the red line down to like downtown Chicago from my friend's house in like the north side uh, in Roger Park, and get off the train, and it's basically a short walk uh, to where the racetrack is so we get off the the subway and i'm kind of like all right i want to like hit a restroom before i get to the crazy porta potties and whatever else they have in the infield of this fake track um which is the same place they have lollapalooza so i guess it's like for in terms of like a festival and like shutting down the park it's something they're used to doing and having concerts and stuff so like it felt like they had good experience with that but anyways so I get out of the uh, subway and I like, I'm like all right, I'm gonna find a place to pee. So I found a hotel that I could walk in and like walk through um and found a public restroom in there. But when I was walking through there, it was cool because I saw like some of the Xfinity team member guys like sitting down for like early brunch or something like that. I was like, oh shit, there's NASCAR people staying here. Um came out and then basically like walking up to the track, uh, they were doing Xfinity practice and it was like still nice out not raining uh and I'm walking up and I'm like wow it's really cool like you're just walking down this a normal like downtown street and you can kind of see the the hill of like between turn 11 and 12 and the cars like coming up and going over it um so it was just a cool walk up experience and just kind of like meandering looking at everything they did to kind of put up souvenirs and all that stuff and then watch uh cup qualifying um got to see practice, and it was also not as crowded. So it was really easy to get kind of close to the fence and see a lot. Um, So I feel like I had a good view, felt like I had a good time. Um, Then basically the Xfinity race got started, we started watching that, and then the lightning delay happened, which was weird because it didn't feel like there was anything around us. It didn't feel like there was lightning or storms or anything. So we're just sort of like laying in the park at this point because there's not much else to do. Uh, and we kind of like fall asleep and then a random security person walks over and they're like hey you guys have to leave (laughs) because they were basically saying like the lightning strike was too close to the park for people to stay in the park so they were basically kicking people out of the track slash park and it was a weird experience but it was just sort of like all right i guess they're not going to be able to finish today so we'll, we'll race tomorrow um spoiler alert they didn't race tomorrow they got completely washed out and lightninged out and everything the next day because it was basically a monsoon all over Chicago that I eventually tried to go down and walk through and got completely soaked and had to buy a new rain jacket. And Sarah ended up buying an entire new set of clothes from Marshall's in order to not feel like she was freezing. Uh, and then we made our way to the track and watched probably 20 or 30 laps from the sideline, big crowd, and then watched the end of the race kind of like on the jumbotron neck in the park next to Track, so we basically heard stuff and saw it happening on the screen, so it was still cool, but I definitely thought Saturday went a lot better for us. Um, and I, as expensive as it was to get GA tickets, I think it's worth the extra money to get a grandstand spot because I think they're strategically placed in a way that you can actually see a decent amount, and there are TV screens that they can see much easier. So I think those are the best seats in the house, unless you say what Josh did to me, which is Find a hotel room that has a good view. And if you can do that, then then you're talking.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you almost want to go scout it out. You've got the map. It yep. tells you all the streets. You're like, okay, so this hotel is right on it. You want to be like 10 floors up. Go up to the 10th floor. And just be like, all right, what direction is the track? Okay, so that's the even-numbered rooms. So we we're on 10th floor of this
0: hotel, even numbered rooms. Yeah. I should have just gone downstairs and been like, or I should have done the scouting while I was there and then gone to the lobby and been like, I want this specific room for this weekend next year. How much is it? see <laughs> what they say Because they haven't announced it for next year because there's still a contract that I guess Chicago, the city, could pull out of. Um, but I think they probably benefited a lot I think NASCAR paid a ton to be able to put on an event there. Um, so I think it benefited Chicago financially um to do it. So I don't know why they wouldn't. And I think NASCAR probably wants to give it a another shot when hopefully they don't get come on soon.
1: Yeah, I would think so. Um, I just thinking like the infrastructure of all that and how much of that city had to be shut down. And I was thinking about it watching the race, I'm going maybe it doesn't, like, really affect commuting all that much. And then I'm looking at they're, like, driving down, like, an eight-lane, like, main drag of the city. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) If I was a resident there, I would be like, this better be really cool because you just added 40. Well, it's Chicago, so it's probably not all that many car commuting throughout the city it's probably True. the people living in the suburbs commuting in yep for that but definitely was probably disruptive to to travel and commerce for excuse me for quite a while
2: yeah yeah there's there's obviously some negatives but um i think the positives hopefully outweigh them <laughs> yeah money money talks and always does um Yeah, it was a weird race. The
0: end of the race was weird. I know that there's a whole thing. I think, easy answer for all that stuff, just when you go into a race weekend, just post the time that you're going to say we can't race past this time because of nightfall. So that way all the teams know, hey, if it's 8 o'clock, we know we're going to end at 8 o'clock and we can plan our fuel strategy around that instead of waiting until halfway through a fuel run to decide, oh, the race is shorter, so not all your fuel numbers are different than you thought. And it's like, okay, well, Just have it done ahead of time. So everyone knows ahead of time. That's all you got to do. Should be easy. Oh,
1: I don't even think you need to do that, Crumb. Uh, I got this cool little app on my phone. It's called the Weather Channel. And it turns out we've been around on this planet for so long that we actually know when the sun is going to rise and set in particular locations on every single day of the year. That's wild. So I would probably say, okay, sunsets at eight forty-five, so they're probably going to call this race by eight twenty-five at the very latest. So I'm just going to put that in my brain, and I'm going to use that in my strategy.
0: That's true. I didn't. I mean, some teams did do that. It did use it to their advantage.
2: So there's definitely an argument that hey, just use your brain. But it's hard to ask people to do that sometimes.
3: Yeah. Well. When
1: you're at the top of the top of your class, you should uh, you yeah. should be able to have somebody just hire a nerd.
2: Yeah, yeah. Your job
1: is to just have your weather app open the whole time.
2: Yeah, maybe get.
0: I'm sure you could find somebody with meteorologist credentials that isn't that expensive. I'm sure, you could hire them away from a local news station.
1: I mean, there's a couple teams that nailed it in
0: Atlanta. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of Atlanta, we had more rain. Um, Although this time it was at the end of the race and basically didn't really put a damper on the racing at all. The racing was actually kind of amazing. Um, Josh, curious what you thought of the Atlanta racing. I I was really impressed.
2: i I had a lot of fun.
1: Oh, the racing was absolutely great. Um, It had a bit of a different vibe to it than the previous Atlanta races. It didn't seem quite quite manufacture train, mm-hmm. um, traditional super speedway style racing. It seemed like there was a lot more passing, um, different lines forming that high line for some reason over the weekend was starting to get really fast at certain times. You saw a bunch of guys flying up to that high end to really gain some speed and basically turning the original high line into the middle line that then just got swallowed up into the pack yeah Um, a lot of really really nice accident avoidance maneuvers by drivers um unfortunately most of those accident avoidance were because of people driving like knuckleheads um but it was i i am a little bit curious if the imminent threat of rain Had something to do with that because it felt like we were halfway through stage three for most of the race, where the racing actually kind of ramps up and the aggressiveness increases. But for you know, for the fans sitting at home watching it, it, I think it was one of the better races of the year so far, honestly.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and I've heard some of the
0: I mean, it's I feel like uh dale jr steve Latar, those the folks that are in the booth and also part of the dirty mo like media group um i feel like they tend to overhype any of the races that they are a part of as the broadcast team but because i think they feel some obligation to which is fine but i think it's just important to remember when i share comments from them about these races because what i was going to say is they're saying things like this is now the race that you have to get a ticket to. You have to see a race in Atlanta, the way this race played out. like it's the, It should be the hottest ticket now, based on how this race looked in person. So I find that interesting. Um, it at least indicates that they definitely enjoyed it, and I did too. Um, but it's it's just sort of, uh, I think, interesting to note that like a lot of people really enjoyed that race. And I think it's coming off of a, like, despite the Chicago street race having all the rain delays and weird stuff going on, I, the audience, like, the NBC audience for it was huge. Like, they had their best uh, sports audience for a NASCAR race in, like, six years. So, coming off of, like, a really popular race, to have a good race followed up is really important, I think.
3: It's uh, an interesting note on that front. Yeah. It's almost, like, prime time. <laughs> Sunday especially during the summer is a really good time to have a race on
1: TV.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, The biggest problem is summer summer
0: thunderstorms, honestly. Like, the fact that they have to deal with those is really their biggest problem, I feel like.
1: Yeah, but in the summertime, that can be at 9 p.m. or it can be at 3 p.m. You're you're never going to know when you're going to get that.
3: Yeah,
2: I guess as long as you're not racing in the morning.
1: Once the NBA and NHL playoffs end that was that is when NASCAR should load up their schedule with tracks with lights.
2: Do you think that's a case for them to do
0: like uh, occasional midweek Wednesday night races, like make a make a Wednesday night Pocono one hundred and then a Sunday Pocono one hundred
2: or I don't or hate mid-week. it. Stuff like that. I think is maybe a good way to use the prime time. Yeah,
1: I think that would probably damper fans in the stands a little bit. Which yeah. I do, I do ultimately think that is part of the broadcast experience.
4: Because
3: when you flip on it on TV and you see that the grandstands are packed, like that's, I mean, think about like the Yankees who are like a middle of the road MLB team this
1: year, and. You flip on a Yankees broadcast in Yankee Stadium, which holds seventy thousand, has fifty seven thousand people in it on a Tuesday night. Yeah. and then you flip on an Oakland Athletics game that can—that's a stadium that can hold fifty thousand people, and it's Saturday at one p.m. and there's only eight thousand people there. Yeah, it does kind of kill the vibe of what the broadcast is. Just seeing the stadium empty. Um, oh, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of a double-edged sword, but I don't hate the idea of it, especially during the summertime. Yeah. Um, you know, make it, make it easy for the local people to get there. Maybe you do know, the, the Wednesday race can be a $50 ticket.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I like the discount ticket or I like doing, um, potentially a Saturday night and a Sunday night. Like why not
0: both nights? You could have basically your stage one on Saturday night if you don't want
2: to make it a, a whole points race, and then you do stage two and three on Sunday.
1: And and honestly, everywhere, you know, everywhere that um, NASCAR is going to be racing, they're going to have corporate ties. And yeah. you know, just recently having the PGA Championship in Rochester, you know, the 14th and the eighth fairways there are just lined with corporate tents. Mm -hmm. and you know you give all these corporations x number of tickets to do whatever they want with because they've been putting dollars into the events in the community where it is for years and years and years Mm -hmm. and that's a little incentive just to to get a few more people there i think there's a lot of a lot of possibilities with how to get asses in the seat um for lack of a more eloquent way to say it but there's there's Definitely possibilities um and it, when it's a large event like that, like you know you're you're maybe not gonna get that like in Las Vegas, yeah, but somewhere like New Hampshire, somewhere like Pocono, somewhere like Watkins Glen, yep. um you are gonna get that because it's it's something to do yeah on a weekday night. It's not a huge time commitment, you know, you get out of work, you go home, change your clothes head to the track you're there from 6 p.m to 9 and you can still you know get home watch a tv show and and go to bed when you normally do
3: yeah
1: but it's a it's an event it's something to do you know with just going back to the pga championship in rochester people were there every single day that place was packed monday through sunday yep people people will go they will make time to do things like that and i yeah, I think it's an avenue that could be worthwhile for NASCAR to explore. This is also me, you know, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but I used to be an events coordinator for um, a few nonprofits in the Rochester area. Yeah. Um, that was, was my career for six years. So I'd, you know, have have my mind, my mind can work in a way of how do we, how do we maximize the impact of, right. of everything that we're doing when throwing an event? So I think there's, there's a lot of avenues that, that can be reached. I'm sure NASCAR has a team that's oh. working on that. Um, yeah. But you know, if they're listening, send mm-hmm. us an email. I race, we gamble at com. I'd uh, love to get on a zoom call with you guys and, and, and chat about some possibilities because they're definitely there. Oh yeah. Um, and especially in the summer when there's the sports lull, we all know it. We've yeah. not had NHL and NBA for just about a month now, and everybody's kind of settling into the, the when does the
3: NFL start
1: feeling? Yep. Really? yep. Um, I'll have some so, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? There's no no college sports right now because it's summertime. Yeah. It's, it's MLB or – you know, some golf, which obviously I love to watch. You've got Wimbledon going on right now, but they're, you know, few and far between kind of things. Yeah. NASCAR is still a weekly staple and there's, there's a way to maximize maximize on the lull. And, you know, if, if the corner of the market that you take is the summer lull, that's still a corner of the market. That's right for picking. Cause People want their sports. They want their competition. They want to see people doing it at the highest level. So, yeah, there's, there's some things that they could do. Obviously they've been doing it this way for a long, long time. And there's the argument if it's not broken, don't fix it. But, um, you can always tweak and kind of grow with the times. And I think on, on that, and I don't, I know I've been vamping for a little bit right now. Um, you got broadcast deals that are coming to an end, yeah. And streaming being the future, you have a lot of opportunities to open new doors and and put your foot through them right now. If yeah. you're NASCAR, especially with the you know the bulk of the season is in the sports lull that we're in right now, so find those opportunities and you know expand on them. It's it's worth at least trying it.
2: Yeah agreed yeah there's a lot of curious things they could try um they're honestly
0: jogging my mind about some ideas regarding their subscription service and how they could leverage that to be a ticket discount or something there's there's all kinds of ways to to enhance the the fan experience and give
2: them a reason to want to come to the track potentially more than they already do
3: yeah and
1: they also got to work on maximizing their fantasy impact
2: yeah
3: it's their, really fantasy
1: and their, their fantasy and their gambling impact. Like Nobody wants to go to the NASCAR app to do a no. season-long NASCAR Fantasy League. Get in with Underdog. Get in no. with FanDuel. Get in with DraftKings. And get in with Sleeper. Anybody who's doing daily fantasy-type things, year-long fantasy-type things, get in there and, and find a way to, to make it a little bit more robust.
2: Yep. Totally agree.
0: But, uh, yeah, it's this week, um, in terms of fantasy and betting and all that stuff, it was it was William Byron who ended up benefiting from the rain and uh, what he ended up choosing to do with his strategy. Um, but he did make a pass for the win. I think it was on A.J. So um, Props to him. He got his fourth win of the season. He's the points leader. He's having a really good year, despite having one penalty and then one other penalty that was taken back. Um, <laughs> But still, even in spite of all that, he's he's doing having a really good season. So uh, good win for him. should we Should we take a look at the playoffs? I'm curious, do you have any reaction to to what you're seeing? Is my color coded chart helpful enough?
1: I think it's wild that we are that we have eleven unique winners with Byron having four and Kyle having three.
4: Yeah,
3: like that. Is wild and just taking a cursory glance at this. Four,
1: Harvick. Yep. Probably got a decent shot this weekend. Yep. The 17 and the six have just been the model of consistency all mm-hmm. year. I know I am constantly looking at that team when we're doing our drafts and I'm going,
4: do I really want
1: to? go in on these guys and more often than not i say no but i really need to to reshape that thought process and say yeah yeah i i want a share of one of them um is they've just been consistent 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 uh the 99 has a possibility of winning you've still we've still got two
0: super speedway races left one more daytona and talladega uh, or is it just Daytona? Just Daytona in the regular season. Then we have Talladega in the playoffs.
1: Talladega in the playoffs. So we've got one more super speedway. That could beat anybody. Yeah. Allmendinger can take a road course. Sindra mm-hmm. could take a road course. Haley could take a road course as long as SVG is not in there. Uh, the Nine is sitting out there with no wins. Yep. Um Clearly, at this point, it's looking like he needs to get that win. Um, but I would put my money on him getting a win. Uh, Watkins Glenn hasn't come up yet, and he's really, really good at Watkins.
3: Yeah. Um, and also the
1: 48. Yeah, 48 could get a win. 40, 48 could get a win. And even with seven of the wins taken by two drivers i still think there's a really realistic chance of you have to win a race to get into the playoffs this year
0: yeah it's it's gonna be really interesting to see who ends up winning the next few um with it being new hampshire and then actually i need to look at the schedule but i know the indie road course is in there and like you said Watkins Glen. so that's at
2: least two, at least two road courses and then you also have daytona as you mentioned um, let's see. What's the schedule? We, we still get... got
3: Bristol night, right?
2: That's in the playoffs now, I think though, right?
3: Is it? I think so.
2: Schedule. All right. So, we have New Hampshire, Pocono, Richmond. So, Richmond's the short track.
0: Then you got Michigan, Pocono is a complete oddball with the
1: three corners.
0: Yep. Michigan, which is the two-mile big track. Indy Road Course. Wow, the last three. Indy Road Course, Watkins Glen, Daytona. So you could go into the last three races with 13 winners and end up with 16 pretty easily.
1: Yeah, especially if Chase Elliott's not one of those winners. Right. With two road courses there. Sindrick, road course guy. Almondinger. he's won at Watkins before. Yep. Oh yeah, it's uh, shaping
3: up, shaping up to get kind of, kind of nuts going into that playoff push. Mm-hmm. All right,
2: I think we're on to New Hampshire. As long as Bill Belichick is on to Cincinnati, we're on to New Hampshire. Where we're
1: either gonna live free or uh, get really wet on Sunday when it thunderstorms.
2: <laughs> Yeah, sorry. This is uh,
1: hopefully get out of the grandstand before we die.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we be working
0: free too hard up there in the grandstands. That would be a bad idea. Um, but let's <laughs> oh man, let's let's talk about the the stage lengths real quick. Seventy laps to start, and this is for a Monday race. At this point, we think. Um, but Chicago wasn't supposed to be that rainy on Sunday, so you know maybe it'll be the opposite. Who knows?
1: It's still Thursday, man. We've got three days. We know how summer weather in in the northeastern United States goes.
0: Yep. So 70-lap stage one, 115 stage two, 116 stage three, because it's the Crayon 301, I think,
2: sponsored by Crayons. So that's something.
1: I hope we get some nice, colorful paint schemes.
2: I hope so too,
0: but I don't know that they're going to be that great. Uh, I hope there's cool.
1: somebody just with a box of
2: Crayolas right on the top of their car. It should be, on a, should be on one of them. But yeah, pretty straightforward, seven sets of tires
0: for the race, but they're probably just going to stop if there's a caution after maybe like 50 laps or so. I think there was some caution two-tire strategy stuff that went on last year, so keep an eye out for that when it eventually happens. Um, should we
2: just get into the draft, or do you want to say anything else about the New Hampshire Mile?
3: No, I think I'm I'm good to get into the draft. All right, yeah. hold on though. Oh, okay. So
1: Crayon is a cloud technologies company. It's not oh, the, right? oh, it's the Oh, it's the
2: it's, oh, it's, cra- it's, it's
1: it's Crayon, not Crayon. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was looking at that symbol and I was going, that doesn't look like crayons, but maybe they changed their uh, logo or something. No, it's a cloud technologies company. (laughs) (laughs) You can cut that if you want.
0: No, it's fine. I want it in.
1: (laughs) No, it's got to stay in.
2: Yeah. All right, I'm starting the drafts with my lock and the easy choice of Christopher Bell. Interesting. Is it? He's the he's the third cheapest JGR car at thirteen thousand. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah,
3: this whole um, honestly, this in- entire um, <laughs> slate looks a little bit weird. It's not exactly what I was anticipating opening.
2: Well, you've got some uh, decisions to make because I, I made myself a little draft board. I crossed my first number off the list. I've got
0: one, two, three, four, five, six. I got seven more numbers to pick from.
2: And I'm hoping you don't pick any.
0: But you probably won't.
1: Well, don't. I got a feeling I'm gonna hammer two of them right here. <laughs> Kevin Harvick up to
4: eleven five.
1: Yeah. I was hoping to see him in like the nine eight range, if I'm being perfectly honest. Three races in the last three years, two top fives, all three in the top Mm ten. Not really a lap leader, but I am going to start my draft off with the best driver on this course, on this track over the last three years. A win, two top fives, all three races in the top ten, an average finish of 3.7. He has led over a quarter of the laps that they've run here in the last three years.
3: And he conveniently falls inside of the by-low window. I will take the six of Kozlowski. Wow.
2: Those were some more impressive stats than I was expecting, I'll be honest. I had eyed him, but he was not on my board. He is my by-low.
3: All right. Alright, now I gotta just make sure I get myself a Toyota. Ah uh,
1: there's a part of me for money saving reasons that wants to drop all the way down. But I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna go ahead. I'm gonna hammer right up at the top. He's been hot lately. He contended the last few races, including Atlanta, where he was looking very strong as well. Give me the most expensive driver on the field. I'll take Truex,
3: and I will make him my lock.
2: He's a good lock. He was
3: on my list. Saw that
2: one coming.
3: So clearly, we're uh, feeling good about the JGR
2: Toyotas. Yeah, they're since we've definitely.
3: both locked them.
2: Yep. Well, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to now switch over from Toyota to Chevy. And I'm going to take Kyle Busch. Mostly because of his performance at Gateway. Um, and he's
0: never been, he's won here before. He's he's decent here. Um, not Hasn't had a great run recently here, but he's... With his fresh start at RCR, I don't see this race being that much trouble for him. Um, I put a couple of units on him to get a top five because uh, there were some decent odds, I think, on DraftKings for that. So
2: um, that was one of the bets I placed. So I'm going to back that up and put him in my lineup with Christopher Bell. And now I'm going to drop down or up to Denny Hamlin. I'm going to take another JGR Toyota. Um spending a lot of money, but don't care because those three are way too good here. So I have the 20,
3: the 8, and the 11. And no lows yet. No, sir. Not yet. Your budget <laughs> is looking rough. <laughs> well, your budget is looking like I have the entire board available to me right
2: now. Yeah, I, for reference, I have 6.2 per driver. But I'm following my draft board.
3: It's working so far. (laughs) Wow. I was going to drop way down there. Maybe not. Oh. All right. I also want to get another Toyota on here. I do want to try to save a little bit of money. So I'm going to go with the 54 Ty Gibbs. Love that. Plus, I think you could have got something funky
1: going on there if you would have taken a Ty Gibbs-Justin Haley combo
3: or something like that would have been able to fit into your lineup. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also go Ryan
2: uh, They're in that same price range. Bowman.
3: You Swarm. know
2: what? Screw it.
1: I'm gonna take the guy who I uh, started talking about early on because I really do like him here. I've liked him for a while. I'd like to see him get a win and cement himself into the playoffs in his final season.
3: Give me the four of Harvick. Hey. Hey,
2: he's priced up there
4: for a reason.
3: He's
1: He's been really good here in the last three races. All three of them have finished inside the top ten. Two of those were in the top five. Not a lot of laps led, but the way he's been qualifying this year, I'm going to assume he qualifies around 17th. And if he's a lock for a top ten, then I will take those seven differential
3: spots and just hope that I get the Kozlowski
2: or Truex win, basically. Yeah. Uh just have the thought, if qualifying gets rained out, it would go by the metric,
0: which would use some of previous race performance. How did he do in Atlanta? I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head. I think he got
3: wrecked.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he was in a wreck. He
0: was down to the bottom. So if qualifying gets rained out, he'll have a really low starting position. So
2: I actually like that pick already because they might not qualify. Um, so nice, nice snag there.
3: Where was he? He was officially 31st and five laps
2: off. Yeah. So he had issues late, uh, along with Ross Chastain and a host of others, which ruined some of my bets. So didn't have a good weekend at Atlanta, but kind of expect that. Um, all right. So my fourth driver He's not Milo eligible, Josh. <laughs> it is the 12 of Ryan Blaney, which leaves me with 3000 in my budget.
1: Oh, so now... Now I feel like I have to guess where you're going. Oh, I mean, there's
0: only one, two, three, five options I have.
1: So I was going to get wild with my lineup, because there is somebody down there who I... Like, once or twice a year, I like to throw a dart at him and yeah. see if it sticks.
3: Um, I don't think that's going to be where you go, though. I am going to say that you are
1: probably looking at Gregson.
2: No, I'm
0: actually looking... What do you want me to say? Yep. <laughs> uh, at
2: Ryan Newman, and then but if Ryan Newman was somehow taken, I would have gone Cole Custer. Okay. That 15- so Cole was Custer was going to be my second guess. What was going to be your second? Custer. Uh, yeah, I, I'm i overlooking him slightly,
0: but like I would not be... It, we could put him in guys who missed if we need the room, but I don't feel that strongly. But I I I don't hate if you want to build
2: this kind of lineup where you have four really expensive drivers. I really like using Newman or Custer. Basically, what I'm saying. And well, the uh, guy
1: who I usually throw a dart at once a year is Ty Dillon, who I was actually eyeballing a little bit
3: all the way down at 2,000.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's cheap. If he survives, he might have been worth it. But uh yeah, my my strategy going into that was I I want the eight or the
0: nine, and then I wanted two of those top three Joe Gibbs
2: Toyotas, and then I wanted the twelve or the twenty two, and then the fifteen or the fifty one. That was kind of my parameters I wanted for my lineup. I don't hate it. So how are you rounding yours out? How much money do you have left actually? I don't know.
1: Well, I was going to round mine out with a 9,500 Ryan Blaney.
2: Oh, damn.
3: <laughs> <You didn't expect laughs> thinking,
1: thinking that that was an easy pick for me to just snag at
3: the end. Damn. Gotcha. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
2: Didn't mean to throw a wrench in okay. the work.
3: The board thins out a little bit after that.
2: It really does. Because I like, like I said, but he's a little more expensive. Can he not fit?
3: No, Legato's a little cheaper.
2: Oh, he's cheaper. Sorry. My bad. I like him.
3: Yeah, he's got two top fives in the last three races. He finds one clearly horrible finish with an average at 10.7. I really like Chastain. I really like Elliott. I don't hate Larson. Chastain and
1: Elliott, probably where I would want to start the guys we missed lineup.
4: Yeah.
3: Honestly, maybe Chastain, Elliott, Logano. To start that. Ah,
1: do I, I kind of want to get a Hendrix in here, but unfortunately, the only one who I can get in is the 48. I'm not loving him here. He's clearly the worst out of the four of them at New Hampshire. has had some success here. Wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they are able to qualify if we see Almirola on back to back
3: polls. But I can't really trust him to stay up there. He did win two years ago, Elmero Rock. I think
0: Justin Haley is another interesting name. Not that you need to go that low, but
1: all right. So I'm just gonna trust my gut on here because I was absolutely expecting Blaney to still
3: be sitting there for me. I'm going to take the two of Austin Sindrick. Okay. He did do well here last year. They
2: just haven't been as quick this year, but maybe he can turn it around this week.
3: That's just a a full shot in the dark right there, but just a, a gut feel on that one.
2: Yeah. All right, so you said... To start, guys, I do not you know. love my lineup. No, that means
0: my my board worked.
1: <laughs> I mean, I love because I love Keselowski, Truex, and Harvick, but just yeah. I don't feel like I have any of like the the
2: big bigs right now. If that makes sense, it does. It's weird because we don't have Larson, and now I'm realizing that um, or Byron, which they're obviously very good, but I don't know if this is really their track per se.
0: Maybe Larson's more so than Byron. I definitely like him more than Byron, but that would put our lineup. Oh, that's not bad,
2: actually. If we did chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Logano, and Kyle Larson, we still have 8,500 left. So
3: that's Larson, Elliott, Chastain, and who? Logano. Logano. Yeah, and in that case, I would say we probably should throw the 17 of Busher onto it.
2: Sure. Can't go wrong there. It's crazy that Chase Briscoe is more expensive than him without the year that he's having. I don't understand that at all. Price swap those boys.
1: Yeah, I probably would. They're both in Fords. I just think it's the history of SHR doing pretty well on this track. Mm-hmm. Got to be the only
3: thing. Yeah, I, I like that lineup a lot for guys we missed. There you go. And uh, in, case in case anyone missed it while we were running through that, that's five, nine, one, twenty-two, and seventeen. Yep.
0: Um, and I made a lineup before. The podcasts using the same parameters as the board i had created obviously um and in that one the only difference i had was i had the 19 over the 11 which it maxes out the budget but i like the 19 more than i like the 11 you just picked him before i had a chance
2: so um yeah definitely agree with uh with a lot of the names and numbers we've listed here um we've already talked about the weather anything more to say (laughs) No,
1: I mean, I suppose I go into quick detail on it right now. We got thunderstorms with local heavy downpours tonight, chance of rain 100%. Friday, thunderstorms, potential for heavy rain, 80%. Overnight, thunderstorms, 70%. Saturday, scattered thunderstorms developing during the afternoon,
3: 40%.
1: Mm. Saturday night, cloudy skies early with thunderstorms later at night. 70% chance of rain. Sunday, thunderstorms, potential for heavy rainfall. Chance of rain, 100%. Sunday night, thunderstorms likely in the evening, then a chance of scattered thunderstorms later on. Chance of rain,
3: 70%. Okay. Monday, intervals of cloud and sunshine. (laughs) A stray shower or thunderstorm
2: is possible. Yeah, okay. So we nice. might be qualifying it on Saturday then.
1: Yeah, it's possible that they'll get the qualifying in on Saturday, be completely washed out on Sunday, and then we'll probably race.
3: I don't know, probably around eleven a.m. noon yep. on yep. Monday. Sounds about that right. That would be my guess. Is
2: there? A, I want to put a prop bet on it now, but I don't think that's available anywhere.
1: No, probably not. Apparently, Caesars would be your best bet for
0: that. Yeah, Jesus. They <laughs> have so many options. I, for the listeners, I checked Caesars Sportsbook finally for the first time in a long time um, and went to the NASCAR. And it took a couple clicks to actually get to the page where I could see all of the options for an event. But once I got there, they had like every possible bet you could think of. Some of them didn't have as many options as others. So, like, there's some weird combination bets that they just have in their own category. But it was still a shitload of bets. So if Caesar's is legal in your state, you want to check it out. I'm not. This is not a plug. We don't. We're still not sponsored. FYI, um, <laughs> but it's it's kind of hilarious how many bets they have. I think even if you are not in a legal state, you can still browse their uh, their book. So interesting, interesting choices on there. I think the one bet I took on there at plus three thousand was uh, John Hunter Nemechek to win Saturday and Truex to win. I guess probably monday or whenever the xfinity and cup races happen so it's two of basically the two top toyotas in both races
2: winning is plus three thousand so i was like yeah that seems worth half a unit
3: yeah why not yeah.
2: speaking
3: speaking of gambling and units
1: um Maybe probably not right now because we're definitely a little long on runtime because we had a lot of races to run through because life has been summer life right yeah. now. Um, but I do have a uh, very interesting parlay set up for the NFL season that I would like to uh, to drop in here at some point and uh, maybe we can yeah. get to that next week.
2: Yeah, that's a good good plug for next week, and we should definitely do uh, at
0: least like. Maybe in lieu of an F1 segment, we're not really actively betting on Raxford's happen to win every week. Um, We could do a little NFL segment when the NFL season starts as well, or before it, you know, if we have any season-long ideas.
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting parlay. I'll just throw a little tease out here. Um, $5 on the parlay is standing to win me hundreds of thousands of dollars.
2: Oh my god! I can't wait to hear. It's gonna be a lot of legs.
3: Huh? I think it's six legs.
2: Okay! Wow! Now I'm super curious. Six, le-
1: six legs, all six legs, all futures, obviously, because
2: yeah, it's July. Makes sense. All right. Well, stay tuned next week for that interesting parlay information and uh, we'll uh, catch you all next week.